Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Good morning. Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church on our first Sunday of Advent. John 1, 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. And the season of Advent is preparation for the coming of the light of the world, Jesus Christ. And we're so glad to have you with us here in worship this morning. For those of you who are visiting with us, you just witnessed a tradition for us here at Bowen Springs Baptist Church, a reminder. Each of those flags represent a country that has a missionary in it or has uh, efforts to share the gospel in it. Uh, the black flag represents those countries that we have not gotten to yet, those who do not know about the light of the world in Jesus Christ. And we pray for them, and we pray that we can and will reach those. I want to draw your attention to the bulletin this morning for some quick announcements, making sure I hit some of the highlights. I want to remind you that this evening is our Hanging of the Green service where we talk about the symbols that you see in our sanctuary and have a worship experience around that. It's a special time at 6 o'clock this evening, so we invite you back for that. In our community this afternoon is our annual Bowling Springs Christmas Parade, which will begin at 3 o'clock. We will have an entry in that, and if you want to ride with us, please do so. If you'll meet at number 43 number 43 by 2.30, and we'll load up and get in the parade, and that'll be uh, a fun time for everyone. Just want to say a word of thanks for all those who did come this week and help decorate the inside and the outside of our church campus. It is very pretty, and we'll even um, have a better look this evening in, in the dim lit light, so uh, come back for that. But Miss Joan who, by the way, I, I will say is quite the motivational speaker. Uh, she drummed up a, a lot of help this week, and she, she made the reference that it was magical. Uh, everybody coming together this week, and so we're, we're thankful for all of those who, who came and took part in that. also want to point you to our international mission goal for this month, which begins this Sunday and will go throughout the end of this year. Uh, our goal is $12,200, and that is collectively with Lottie Moon and uh, CBF Global Mission. So let's uh, keep that in front of us as we give toward foreign missions this month. Make note of the inserts and other things that are in your bulletin. Want to let you know we will have Wednesday evening activities this week, Wednesday night meal and uh, mission groups, those kind of things, prayer meeting. This will be our final Wednesday evening, regular schedule Wednesday evening. Uh, for next Wednesday evening, uh, December the 10th, will be our annual Broughton Christmas. And so we look forward to that and glad, uh, glad to be able to to do that ministry again this year. Please make note of the announcements that are on the back of your bulletin as well, which has a uh, listing of schedule. Also at the bottom is our day to ring the bell for the Salvation Army at Ingalls on December 20th. That sign-up sheet is outside my office door. So please, we need people to do that. This past week, we had a great community Thanksgiving service and just wanted to give you an update on our offering that was taken up that night, which was went toward the Cleveland County Rescue Mission was an offering of $684.12. So we were thankful to be able to worship together and uh, contribute to, to that great cause. Let's continue our worship together this morning as we light the Advent candle. Every year we light candles as we prepare for the coming of Christ. More and more candles, more and more light as we watch and wait for Jesus, the light of the wor world. Psalm 33, 18 through 22. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love, to deliver them from death and keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for letting us come here today in your church. 
Thank you for the people who built this church that we've been coming to for a long time. Thank you for all the people that decorated the church. It really looks beautiful and it just adds to what you've already built here. Lord, uh, just be with us through the Advent season as we prepare uh, every week to celebrate even more as we get closer to Christmas. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son that uh, took our sins upon him. In Jesus' name, amen. And since this is the first Sunday of Advent, we'll be singing Christmas carols this morning and throughout the rest of the month. Uh, so would you turn in your hymnal to hymn number 89 as we sing together, O Come, All You Faithful. And uh, let's stand as we sing, please. How are y'all? Well, today is the first Sunday of Advent, which is the preparing season. And what are we preparing for? The coming of Christ. Now, I got to thinking this morning, and I don't know why I was thinking about fears at Christmas. But I got to thinking about the Christmas story, and several times throughout the Christmas story, when angels would appear, one of the first things they would say is what? Do not be afraid. And I'm thinking, well, what are, they, what are people afraid of? What are you afraid of? Anybody tell me something you're afraid of? Well, I'll come back to you. What's something you're afraid of? The dark. The dark. I'm with you. I'm with you. Do you know that even... This place in the dark is creepy. <laughs> Anybody who's been in the church at night knows that the, the church at night is one of the creepiest places ever. Creepy people. Creepy people. Be afraid of creepy people. And I'm wondering if that's not what part of that Christmas story, when, when these angels show up, it gets real bright, and they look kind of creepy and weird, and it's like, I don't know what to think. So the angel has to say, do not be afraid. 
Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm afraid of the dark too, but do you know that the darkness is afraid of something? Yes. Do you know that? Did you know that? Yeah. What is the darkness afraid of? Not people. Light. It's afraid of light. That's exactly right. The darkness is afraid of light because when light shows up, you know what it does to the darkness? Chases it away. It's gone. It's gone. So I want you to know that the darkness is afraid of the light. And you know that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world and darkness is afraid of the light because Jesus come and he chased the darkness away. That's why the season of Advent and Christmas are just so awesome because when Jesus comes, darkness is gone. We don't have to be afraid of the dark anymore because the light of the world has come. So I want you to think of a couple of things when you're sitting in a dark room and you're afraid. I don't want you to I want you to remember that the darkness is afraid of the light. And then I want you to remember that Jesus is the light of the world. And for those of us who follow him and believe in him, the Bible tells us that he lives in us. So you know what that means? That means that light, the light of the world lives in us. And he's chasing away the darkness. So we don't have to be afraid. So get excited. That's part of the cool thing about the story of Jesus is we get excited and we tell about it. We tell people that Jesus came as the light of the world to chase away the darkness of sin and even death. Mm-hmm. So let's pray thanking God for Jesus, the light of the world. Father, we thank you that we don't have to live in darkness. God, I thank you that we know about the light. And I pray, Lord, that we would live, as the Bible tells us, as children of the light, that our lives would be what you would have them to be, that we would allow you to light us up in a dark world. God, I pray for those who don't know about the light of Jesus, and may we use this great time of the year to tell people about the light of the world in Jesus Christ. In his name I pray, amen. Our next carol here, it says, is a Polish carol. We'll sing it in English, though. Uh, <laughs> infant Holy, Infant Lowly, hymn number 106. Would you stand again together as we sing? 106. <laughs> Let's bow together. Lord, what a wonderful, magical time of year this is. We see these decorations in our sanctuary this morning. 
And it all points to what this season of the year means. What it means not only to us, but all the world. Father, may you be born in us again every year. As we go through this season of the year, may, Lord, you speak to us, perhaps like you'd never spoken to us before. Teach us what we need to know, what we need to do, how we need to live. We look about us, we see a broken world, a suffering world, a confused world, a sad world. Help us, as Wesley said, to bring that light, to scatter the darkness, to be a part of the plan for the world. We're thankful, Lord, for the privilege we have just to be here, to be counted as part of your family, as fellow believers. Teach us what you would have us to do, not only as individuals, but as a church. Show us, Lord, what this church can be and can do to make a great impact on this community. Bless this service today. Speak through every facet of it. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Now we'll sing about those angels that Wesley was talking about a while ago. Hymn number 94, uh, Angels from the Realms of Glory. Hymn number 94, and we'll stand again as we sing. <laughs> take this quick opportunity to thank Matt for leading today in Paul's absence who's traveling back from family for Thanksgiving so pray for him but we're thankful for Matt and for the rest of those that bless us musically we are blessed let's pray together Father God in this season of the year where often it's about getting may you continue to focus our hearts toward giving and giving because you have given us so much but ultimately given us your son Jesus and for that we are thankful we are thankful for the blessings 
for the way that you continue to pour out on us. But may we also continue to be obedient and good stewards of that which you have given us. Father, may you accept our tithes and offerings this morning. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Our scripture this morning is, uh, comes from Genesis 12, 1 through 6, and Hebrews 11, 8 through 11. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Promises to Abram. Now the Lord has said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan. So they came to the land of Canaan. Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, as far as the terebinth tree of Moray, and the Canaanites were then in the land. And now Hebrews 8, Hebrews 11, 8 through 11. The faith, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child. 
when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Many times when you get inserts in the bulletin, sometimes they don't get the attention they need. You had two this morning that I think were very worthy. N number one, this uh, thing that Joe's going to do, Joe Webb, read through that. That goes for a good cause. And they've been practicing up here. It's good music. <laughs> I've been hearing it. And so it's a good thing you have the number there. And I do want to just very briefly here, international missions, we have a goal. And it's good to have a goal. If you don't have a goal, you shoot at nothing and you hit it every time. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Let's reach that goal. 
for our international missions. This is the first Sunday in Advent, the last day of this week, month, I mean. And um, I wanted to share with something, maybe not toward the theme of Christmas, but something so important, I just felt led to share on the subject of faith and how important that is to our church, how important it is for you as an individual Christian. So that's what I decided to do is Lynn read from Genesis 12, the calling out of Abraham, and the great chapter on faith out of Hebrews 11. <clears throat> We're told that Abraham was born in a place called Ur of the Chaldees. That is what on a modern map would be Iraq. He was a man of position. He was a man of wealth. In the midst of a very comfortable life, I'm sure, God gave him this strange call. Abraham, I want you to start a new nation. I want you to leave this place with your herds and your flocks and your extended family, and I want you to go, and I'm going to let you know as you get going where you're going to go. I want you to step out in faith, leave where you are to find a new nation, and his obedience made a difference for his whole race of people and really the entire world as we are here in this church in this modern day. He was a real pioneer. A real pioneer. What does pioneer mean? Webster's Dictionary says this, one who goes as before as into a wilderness preparing the way for others. People who take the risk. People who gamble a little bit on getting a task done or doing something. They go out front. They try. They have great faith. They can see what God is wanting them to do or what they feel called to do. And, and they go out in faith making it happen. Those are pioneers. You think of people, you think about people like Columbus. The Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria, those three ships of Columbus, I once saw a mock-up of those ships. It's amazing how small they were. You know, the belief of that day was, don't you? The belief in 1492, most people said the world was flat. And if you sailed far enough east or west, you'd come to the end and you'd drop over the edge. That was the belief. How do you get all those guys on the ship? <laughs> Makes you wonder, doesn't it? That there was faith in his heart, a conviction. He was a pioneer. He was going out there where people had never been before, white people, and he was going to make it happen. Same thing in Jamestown. I read a book about that not long ago, how hard it was, how difficult the wilderness was, how unknown it was, and how these people had the faith and courage to be able to step out and make that happen. Same thing with the pilgrims, and we think about them especially at this time of the year. They were able to carve out a life. Many of them died. Many died young, but they wanted to be on the cutting edge. I think about that. I think about Lewis and Clark, the great expedition from St. Louis all the way to the northwest to Oregon and Washington and that part. A white person had never been there before. They did not know what was out there. But something was driving them on to be a pioneer, to make it happen. Pioneers in space. I told Sherry this morning, we even have one here, John Clinn. John is here. Not here today, but. To be able to have the faith and the courage to be able to go up there in space for the first time. Abraham was a pioneer. He felt the call of God. God said, I want you to found a new nation. I want you to pick up everything. I want you to go. I know you're comfortable here in the earth of Chaldees. You're settled. He was 75 years old when this happened. And what does the Bible say? He went out not knowing where he was going. God didn't give him a road map. And the vagueness of the command is significant. If you have faith to take the first step, I'll show you how to get the rest of the way. We 
don't say, I won't believe in heaven until I know exactly what it's all about. There's some of it we don't understand. We can't understand. But we know in, in the eye of faith in our hearts that it's real and God will fill in the empty places for us when we get there. Is that not the meaning of faith? Though Abraham could not foresee the end of the adventure, he had the courage to begin the adventure, to step out. He trusted God would take care of him and his promises were true. I like the story back in the frontier days when uh, there was a man, a, a dad and his son and the fire was getting low and the dad noticed there weren't many sticks of wood left and he turned to his young son he said, son, go out there in the backyard and get us some more wood for the fire before it goes out. And the boy was rather young. He said, Daddy, I don't like it out there. It's kind of like what Wesley was talking about these children. I don't like the dark. It's spooky out there. I'd rather not go. Why don't you go? I guess the father thought he would teach him a lesson. He said, listen, get a lantern. You know basically where the, the wood pile is on the back side of our property. You can't see it from the porch with your lantern, but you know basically the direction. You start out there. You walk to the edge of the light. That's lit. When you get to the edge of the light, lift your lantern up. The light goes a little bit further. Walk to the edge of the pool of light. You get to that edge. You walk a little further. You keep doing that. And suddenly the woodpile will come into view. What does God want you to do many times? He doesn't give you a road map to the end of life. Just walk out to the edge of the light. God will show you when you get out there. Just take enough faith to walk out to the edge of the light. Then he'll show you the next step. He doesn't lay it all on us. He wants us to walk in faith. Faith is a part of life, isn't it? Sometimes we have difficult times. We have a, a new job. It's a challenge. It's harder than we've ever had before. It takes faith. Lord, I can do this. I can make it happen. We, we consider, well, I want to get married. I want to spend the rest of my life with this woman, this man, and I want to commit myself. We don't really understand when we first get married, but we have faith that God's going to make it happen, and we step out into that new situation or to have children and try to raise them and care for them and love them. If you never ever exercise faith, folks, you never live. To be able to trust God and to have faith and to live that way. Now, pioneers will sometimes have times of discouragement. It's sometimes not easy for the person who gets out ahead of everybody else. I know Abraham had his wistful moments. The Bible says he lived in a foreign land as living in tents. Pioneers live sometimes with their hopes unfulfilled. William Tyndall translated the Bible into English and was persecuted and killed before he ever knew its effect. John Bunyan wrote Pilgrim's Progress and he got tw 12 years in prison for the effort. Sometimes it's a lonely road. I sometimes think of missionaries. When I see that scripture, get thee out of thy country, thy kindred, and thy father's house. You know how difficult it would be to make that step? I want to be a missionary. I want to leave my culture, my language, my family, what I'm familiar with. I want to go, go to a new place. When I think about that, I think about Brad and Laurie Stamey. And you know, I think Brad and Laurie. Brad was a youth when I first went to Popper Springs. That lets you know how old I am. <laughs> and Brad and Laurie got the call to be missionaries, and they got the call to go to all places Russia and they had three children by then and they took their children and they went to language school and they went over there where it was dark and cold all the time and they had another culture another language another place but they did it they're back in the states now but I think they were thankful for that that experience they had the faith to do that groups can only move forward my friends as individuals break the path ahead that's the only way to a higher life. Think about it. Joseph had dreams that went far beyond what his brothers wanted. Faith, courage made the difference. 
Abraham was so well thought of that he was the only man in the entire Old Testament that was given the privilege of being called a friend of God. Even the Arab people called him El Khalil, friend of God. Now it's interesting that God makes all kinds of people. When you think about pioneers and those that are willing to, to stretch them, their lives and to have faith and to move out, God makes all kinds of people. Some people want to be left alone. They want to stand still and be left alone. Let everybody else make the decisions and the hard things. Lot was one of those. Esau was one of those. The rich young ruler was one of those. He wanted just to be left alone. He didn't want his life shaken up at all. Maybe Nicodemus was one of those people. He was a smart guy and God, Jesus spoke to him, but we never know really what happened to him. They don't aim at anything bad. They just don't aim at anything at all. They just love the status quo and drift along in life, and that's it. There's some people that want to live luxuriously, and they want to step out in faith, but they want to step out in faith for their own benefit. They are risky, right? They're risky in trying to build their fortune. They're risky in trying to hoodoo everybody else and get out ahead no matter what it takes. And uh, that's a problem in America today. They step out in faith for their own benefit. The Bible was full of some folks like that. Demas, the Bible tells us, forsook Paul because he loved this present world. What did the rich, young, rich fool say? He said, I will tear down my barns and I will build bigger barns. I will make a difference, but I'll make a difference for myself. Some people are like that. God makes all kinds of people. Some people are concerned with power. They want to rule. They want to dominate. Saul was like that. Jezebel was like that Herod was like that and even normal everyday people sometimes they always are working on wanting the prestige the final word the best seat battling for preeminence some people have an eye for that but Abraham's faith was a different kind of faith my friends Abraham's faith listen was wrapped up in a divine relationship Abraham's inner strength and happiness was not from worldly things, not from gaining power and prestige for himself, but he wanted in his life to count for God, and he had a sense of purpose beyond this world, a sense of duty that led him above himself. He wanted a connection with the divine. He wanted to be led by God. And Abraham realized that this faith had to be acted upon this call of faith this call of God would cost him something it would be costly he would have to change his locale he would have to risk everything he would have to move into a strange new world this would be a new thing that would cost him something when I was in seminary we studied great theologians, many of them German. And one of my favorite theologians was a man named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He wrote a book called The Cost of Discipleship. And basically he said in the, this book these kind of sentiments. He said, when God calls a man, he calls him to come and die. He said, grace is free, but it isn't cheap. <laughs> It's free. You can have it for free. But once you take it and accept it and you really understand it, it'll cost you something. Dietrich Bonhoeffer believed those words and lived those words. He was a pioneer. He was a pioneer in a place where a pioneering would cost you your life because he grew up in Nazi Germany. He grew up in the rise of Adolf Hitler. And he knew that he was a pastor in that place, in that country, and he would not surrender to Hitler as strong as he was. And he knew he was wrong, and he joined the underground church that was against Hitler and wanted to get rid of Hitler. 
And he was arrested in 1942. And he was imprisoned. And eight days before his prison camp was liberated by the Allies, at the age of 39, he was hung by the Nazis. His convictions, his beliefs, his thoughts cost him his life. Following God, my dear friends, means you will give up something. If you don't give up something and you don't grasp something else for the sake of God, you're not really following him. Because he will, if he's talking to you, he will tell you what to grab hold of and what to let go of. And there will be a change in your life. God, following God means you will give up something. Listen, some people's faith says it delights in God's promises, but it does not delight in his commandments. Faith standing ready to obey. And in that pioneering spirit, be it an individual Christian, say, I want to pioneer. I want to start this relationship. I want to do this for God. I want to get involved in this mission, mission activity or this ministry. I really want to make my life count. That will cost you some things. That will change your lifestyle in some way maybe. But you will be the one who is blessed. You will be the one that's blessed. I've often seen that so, my friends, in this church and any church. People, let's say, they go and visit our nursing homes every week. And the people that do that are so faithful to do it. And I did it for many years in churches uh, through, through the years because I enjoyed doing it. But when you do those kinds of things, when you go on mission trips, and sometimes they're hard. We camped out on mission trips. We got bit by mosquitoes and hot and all kinds of stuff, rough areas. We were the ones that were blessed. We were blessed by doing that. And God said, Abraham, if you're willing to do this, if you're willing to risk, if you're willing to try, if you really want your life to to make a difference and you obey me, I will bless you. He said, I'll bless you in three ways. I'll give you land. I'll give you descendants as many as the stars in the sky. And you will be a blessing to people. And even... The promise of God. Abraham had to wait. He had no child for a long, long time. For a long time, he had no permanent abiding place. He was living in tents as the rest of the people were for years, not possessing one inch of the land. Through it all, Abraham was blessed, and he had a sense of blessedness because, friends, blessedness doesn't come by seeking power or recognition or influence or a desire to be left alone. Blessed it comes from knowing God and being a partner with him, having a sense of purpose, having a sense of direction, having a sense of peace, knowing that you are part of something bigger than yourself. Blessed, blessed are we if we step out in faith like that and try as an individual Christian, as a church. The Bible talks about this. The scripture says, no man hath left father or mother, houses or lands for my sake, but shall receive a hundredfold reward here and after for life eternal. Jesus said, sell all that you have and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. The problem is, my friends, we want to have blessings from God, but we don't want to be bothered. We don't want our schedule upset. We want it to be very convenient. And God's plan for us is not our convenience. He wants us to be pioneers. He wants us to step out. The blessedness is stepping out in faith. Blessedness is the knowledge that we can be a blessing and that we are here on mission as people, as a church, to serve God and others. The book of Hebrews says that Abraham saw the city in his mind's eye. (laughs) He saw God doing something great. Maybe nobody else could see it. Only he could see it. God let him see it because he was willing to be a pioneer. He saw that God was doing a great thing. He was excited because he was a part of something bigger than himself. 
The church has to do that. We're not here for ourselves. We're here for the kingdom of God. Something bigger than ourselves. As individuals, as a church, we can't have everything in our hands before we move. I know there's some churches like that. They got to dot every I and cross every T. Man, we got it all now. Here. Okay, now we're going to move. Now. Sometimes we have to step out in faith. Realize that God is leading. God will provide a way. I think in this church and any church, there were times in this church and any church where they had to step out in faith. They had to exercise faith. The key is, the key is that God cannot bless us until we exercise some faith. He won't bless us. We, we can't take little incremental steps here, there, and yon and, and not stretch ourselves as people of the church or individuals and God withholds his blessings because he sees that the faith isn't there. And when we exercise that faith, when we try new things as an individual, as church, then God begins to bless us. He begins to open doors because he sees that we are worthy of having an open door in front of us. We are worthy of it. God will provide a way. He will provide a way. That is the key to blessedness, being able to step out in faith as an individual, as a church. Abraham looked for that city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Where is God asking you to step out in faith? Maybe in the life of this church. Maybe you have felt the Holy Spirit tugging you to be involved in a certain ministry. Maybe you have felt the Holy Spirit to befriend someone you have not befriended. Maybe the Holy Spirit is telling you to be involved in a part of the church you never have, to share the gospel with someone, and you're afraid, you're afraid, you're not able to step out in faith. But God is talking to you and speaking to you, even maybe right now, to exercise faith. Be like Abraham, be a pioneer. Step out and see what God, let God help you. Make it a God thing and see what he does for you, what he does for this church. Let's bow together. Father, give us faith. Give us faith that is worthy of who you are. Give us faith to step out. Help us not to be afraid. Sometimes we talk about the darkness and the light. Sometimes darkness is a place of fear. We don't want to do that. We don't want to go there. We didn't want to try that. So we stay in a little box, very restricted. And Lord, you can't use us until we step out till we walk out to the edge of the light, then you'll show us the way and you'll keep on showing us the way till we get somewhere great for you. Bless us as we extend our invitation as I stand down front. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Our invitation to him is hymn number 285. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Number 285. Stand.
Keith Dixon is here with us today, visiting. I saw his pretty face out there. It just kind of stood out, you know. And uh, in just a moment, I'm going to ask Keith to come and lead us in our benediction. I don't know if uh, you have become aware of this, but Keith will be leaving us. Keith will be going to the Baptist Retirement Home. Is that right, Keith? And I think at the end of this month or early next month, I'm not sure, end of December or next month. And um, I know you maybe want to say a word of thank you to him. You may not have another opportunity to do that. Uh, Keith, since he has been associational director, uh, I have known him as a friend to pastors. And he's done a good job uh, helping pastors, assisting them, directing them. Uh, and the churches in this association, and I thank him for the good work he's done, and I know wherever he goes, he will do a good work. So, uh, Keith, come on forward. You want to say a few words? Fine. Just pray. Moving into the retirement home? Well, I actually went to the one in Winston-Salem the other day, and I said, how old do you have to be to get in this place? I, yeah. I saw a pool table, table in the dining hall, and I said, I can handle this. You know, so I can Yes, I actually am going to work there. Wesley wanted me to clear that up, but uh, I, uh, this is just one of those things that uh, I had absolutely no idea would happen, and, uh, but it's, I'm looking forward to it, working with Bill Stillerman and the Baptist Retirement Homes in North Carolina, who do just a fabulous, outstanding ministry in our state. And so uh, pray for me as I make that transition. The association is going to be in good hands with Alice and all the rest of the staff that's over there. And uh, they're in the process of looking for an interim, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then we'll be developing a search committee. But it's been just an absolute joy to be the director of missions, which I never thought I'd be either. So it's, uh, but it's been a great and working with churches like you. And so it's fun. And this is always a very special church. Good thing I don't have to move to Winston-Salem. We're still going to be in Boiling Springs. So uh, we can still have fun, and maybe I can eat lunch in Boiling Springs more than I do now. I, I look forward to that and have missed that being in Shelby so much. Covet your prayers for uh, our association, and also for me, it's make this transition and uh, look forward to it. And uh, you're always a blessing to me. This church is always very, very special. Would you stand with me as we pray? Uh, the most important thing, Lord, today is not me leaving the place I am and going to another place. But the most important thing, Lord, I really believe is for all of us to leave this place and to share the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody we meet. We could actually put part of that black flag that's to my left at the stoplight in our community because there are actually people who live among us that do not know you. Just like there are people who live in different parts of the world who have never heard about you either. So Father, we do thank you for those that you have called to go and they've given up everything to go to the ends of the earth. And Father, they depend on our support to help them. But Father, you've called us to be your missionaries, your shares of the gospel. And just like Abraham, help us to be able to, when you call us to speak to a friend or a neighbor, might even be a family member, I pray that we'll be willing to give up what we have and our schedule that we have and to tell them of your wonder and your grace that they too might know that a king was born and he can be born in their hearts. Thank you for the opportunity we have to worship here today. Thank you for this church. I thank you for what it's meant to my life and to this community for so many years. I thank you for the future that is ahead. And Father, we look forward to the way that you're going to bless people through the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to be shared in this place and outside this place through your people here. And so, Father, go with us today and help us to have a keen ear to listen to you and to obey. For it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.
have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.